This morning, um, we're going to look at one half of my message, uh, points one and three. And then next week, uh, we're going to look at the other half, uh, which will be in the middle. If you'd like to open your Bibles to Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 26. Um, the Scripture says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin... Uh, by the way, none of that preliminary stuff was recorded, was it? Oh, yeah, please do make sure none of that gets on uh, permanent recording. Uh, verse 26, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bondslave of the Lord, May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I titled Roman numeral one in the message, The Hope of Israel from an Unlikely Source. If you were going to choose a family to uh, give birth to and raise a king, uh, whom would you choose? What would uh, that family be like? Would it be Herod's household? Would it be some significant uh, political figure of the day? Would it be some wealthy family with the capacity to send the child to college and uh, give them all the education and training that they needed? Who would you pick uh, to provide that uh, incubation period and that training period for the one who is going to be the King of Israel, the Messiah of the world. Well, God does not think the way we think. In fact, He tells us that rather plainly. For my ways are not your ways, neither are my thoughts your thoughts, says the Lord. Uh, God does things in most unusual ways. And in the case of Mary being chosen to be the mother of Jesus, he selected a very unlikely source. Mary was none of those social elites. She was a peasant woman 
from the hill country around Galilee. Just simply the geographical descriptors that Luke gives us suggest that perhaps uh, she was of a shepherding family. And um, that was kind of like the lower rung of Israeli uh, society. And she was a peasant girl and poor. Uh, They would not have had great means. And particularly living under Roman rule and taxation in that period of time, a family like that would have had tremendous struggles, barely surviving from one period of time to the next. They would have been stretched to the max, as we say, financially. And yet, this is the person whom God chose to be the mother of Jesus and to provide the the human background for Jesus' birth and for His upbringing. When the angel comes to greet her, she's called favored one or woman of grace. And the angel says, Hail, um, favored one. Greetings. Uh, I bring you greetings from God who has chosen you. Now, as an aside, it might be interesting for you to know a little something of the customs and the age that were common for marriage in those days. Um, I've told you a little bit about uh, the role of women in the first century and also the role of women in uh, Jewish society and culture. Um, not a lot has changed, by the way, in a couple of thousand years. I'm going to talk to Dan and Kalinda about some of that and what goes on in some of the regions where they have lived and worked. But the legal age for marriage in the Roman Empire was 12 years old for a girl and 14 years old for a guy. So, Tyler, you've got a couple more years yet before you can get married. <laughs> and then you'll be ready to go. Just give it a few more years. And uh, in Jewish culture, it was only a little bit older, 12 and a half for a girl and 14 for a guy. Can you imagine today a 14-year-old young man taking a wife and starting a household, being responsible, paying the bills, taking care of the uh, overhead and raising children and having all of that responsibility? Uh, Well, times have certainly changed, haven't they? It also kind of gives some insight into why the the young man would uh, enter into a contract to marry a woman, uh, the betrothal period, and then go back to the father's house and add a room on because the nuclear family kind of grew. And as I kind of explained before, you know, the bride price sort of made sense because the woman's family was losing a helping hand. And the guy's family was gaining one, so he had to pay for that loss. And so the bride price was to compensate the bride's parents for the fact that they were losing a hired hand, a farm hand, or a shepherd hand, or whatever, a shepherdess. And the other family was gaining a worker. 
and uh, very often it was kind of viewed very much as property. Um, women were not treated with a great deal of value to speak of at all, but were viewed as property. Now, that does not mean that love and romance didn't occur. But I suspect it was rather the exception than the rule. And one of the things that we discover about Joseph is that apparently there was some romance going on with him. The reason we suspect that is because when this story unfolds, Joseph goes to great lengths to protect Mary. And it's quite amazing that he deviates from the cultural norm to provide her at least some discretion until the angel kind of lets him in on the secret. But Mary was a young woman chosen by God to be the mother of Jesus Christ. What an amazing, amazing uh, kind of choice that God would make. Uh, Luke, as I've told you, is the gospel of the underprivileged. Luke focuses on the, the down and out and the outcast of society that Jesus gives particular attention to and also draws our attention more than any other New Testament writer to the significant role that women play in the life and ministry of Christ in the Gospel. And here at the beginning, uh, we find Mary certainly standing out with tremendous favor in the eyes of God. You know, uh, next week I'm going to get into this in much greater depth. Um, we are right, I think, in backing away from the Roman Catholic Church in its undue focus on Mary. In fact, besides erroneous theology, um, there literally is a, a problem with Mary Olatry. That's the idol worship of Mary herself. And yet, maybe we've gone too far in the other direction by completely negating her as a person of significance. She is the one that God chose to be the mother of Jesus. She gave birth to the Messiah. She and Joseph together were the parents of the Lord Jesus Christ growing up. And ten times longer than His ministry, 30 years versus 3 years, it was in that household, in that family, that Jesus uh, lived and played and grew and developed and worked and demonstrated His character and His nature before beginning His public ministry. In fact, the Scripture says, He will be great and called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to Him the throne of His father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will have no end. And in another verse, He will be called the Son of God. Very clearly, very clearly, this is not just an earthly leader, but this is the birth of one 
who will be not only the King of Israel, but the Savior of the world, the very eternal God, come in flesh to dwell among us. Powerful moment. Now, you know, after this marvelous introduction and this announcement by Gabriel and this beautiful uh, moment between Mary and Gabriel as she submits her heart to the Lord, there's a problem. Mary is engaged to be married to a man and she's going to be pregnant outside of the marital contract. And in the culture, that stigma is horrendous. In fact, and we all know in different parts of the world, this even uh, happened in India as recently as the last hundred years with uh, women who survived their spouse um, you know, the, the husband died and the woman was left a, a widow. Uh, that was, they would burn her on the funeral pyre because who's going to take care of her? And even though it was officially against the law, it was still practiced in certain villages out of the eye of, you know, the watching world. And even in spite of Roman law, it was within Jewish law to stone her to death for being found pregnant outside of marriage. So, Joseph has a dilemma. Joseph has the option to publicly disgrace her, even if she is not publicly stoned, he can before the whole community, declare that he had nothing to do with the situation she's in and publicly disgrace her and have nothing to do with her and give her a paper of divorce. In her day and time, what that meant was that her own family would reject her. They would, she would have brought shame on them. Furthermore, no man would ever marry her because she was a despised woman. The only job open to her is what we have called the oldest profession. She would have been a prostitute. And that would have been her life because there was no other way for a woman with that stigma to make a living. And... Which, by the way, is don't you think that's a little bizarre in a culture that is so uh, wrapped up in the meaning of marriage that prostitution is still alive and well? You know, the human heart is the same the world over. And even in the strictest countries, I, ha I have to laugh at some of the stories that Anne uh, uh, Marie and uh, Dewey have told uh, as they approach um, Saudi airspace, um, the uh, captain will come on or a flight attendant and announce that they're approaching Saudi airspace and uh, all the women uh, and all the people will get rid of their alcohol and they, the women will stand up and put on 
their their coverings, and uh, they're back in the Saudi kingdom, and they have to look like everything they're not. Because in their heart, they want a different lifestyle, but they don't dare express it in their home. And uh, I'm sure that a lot of that went on in the first century as well. But you have to recognize that for Mary to say, yes, let this be to me according to your word, was a tremendous, tremendous submission to the Lordship of God in her life as His servant. And not only that, but for Joseph, when he had the visitation of the angel and was told, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. For Joseph to do that, well, you know the rumors... You know how that goes. What's the talk? (laughs) He didn't divorce her because it's his baby. In fact, that was what was implied years later in the gospel. Is this not Joseph's son? We know who this is. Mary and Joseph both had a secret that they could never convince anyone of that their firstborn was virgin conceived. Impossible. Never in the history of the world. Who would ever think it? And yet, both of them were willing to say, Lord, we accept Your will in our lives. Oh, don't you know the wisdom of God in choosing this couple who were willing to bear the shame, accept the responsibility, and count it a privilege to serve God no matter what the cost? Would that we would be as willing to do whatever the Lord asks of us. Father, I pray this morning that you would open your word to our hearts as we consider the deep commitment and love of Mary and Joseph to be open and willing servants of yours. Clearly, you know the heart and your wisdom in choosing them to be the parents of our Lord. And we give you praise. But we also are challenged by their example. May we, Lord, be as willing to serve you, whatever the price. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.